Welcome to the Mental Mom Show. I'm your host, Megan Farr, the Mental Mom. And with me as always, Casey Harper, my biggest supporter. And he gets me like no one else. And he is doing this whole life with me where we have kids, blended family stuff, relationship stuff, work stuff, all the things that middle-aged millennials are dealing with. Welcome. Hello. Hello. (laughs) Wow. You like that? That's an intro. You tell me to just be more conversational, babe. That's how I talk to people. Is that how you introduce me normally to people? (laughs) Well, I mean, I was putting on a little more pizzazz than usual. Okay. Okay, so we're doing a catch-up episode of randomness. That's what I'm calling it. But we are going to talk about some specifics. But things that have been on my mental mom list to share with you all. Because, you know, I have like notebooks and sticky notes and notes on my phone and notes in some task managing app I'm trying to use. And, um, you know. Notes I, on boats. Notes on boats. Is that a Dr. Seuss thing? I don't know. Did you just be. make that up? Yep. That's really good. But um, psh, Casey's on fire today. So we're going to talk about from the coma files for new listeners who don't know. The coma files, um, those are things that occurred during this eight-year stretch where I had two little kids and I basically missed everything um, pop culture. I missed all I was doing was having kids, trying to work, doing dealing with mental health issues, depression, anxiety, ADD. Anyway, so my heartthrob, Andrew Keegan, as you, some of you know, listened to the episodes before this was accused of starting a cult, a culty religion. And so Casey and I did a little deep dive into the accuracy of that. So anyway, we will jump into that later. But first, uh, Casey, let's do a Casey's World update. I just made that up because, you know, I like to make up segments on the spot sometimes. And that's what I just did there. I also heard Andrew Keegan was going to start starring in a TV series called 10 Things I Love About Cults. You better. Are you joking? Are you serious? How could I'm you joking. not? Joking. Oh my gosh, that would be the best show, though. Wouldn't that? Be I did funny? mess up that joke, though, because <laughs> it should be ten see? things I hate about cults. Because it was ten things I hate about you. Okay, but I like that you switched the love. Yeah. Part. Anyway. Especially since he's all. It was all. Love. It was all a lie. I just lied to you. I liked and it. And everybody it, else. It worked. Okay, so Casey, let's talk about your world. A couple weeks ago, you had a little something called jury duty. And I did. I'm excited to hear about this, and I promise I'll stop talking in just a second. But what's interesting, as a therapist, nobody wants a therapist on the jury, apparently, because I never get picked. I don't even know anyone else who's been picked. You are the first person that I know who's been picked. So tell us all about it. Okay. Yeah, that's impressive. I know people that have been picked. Yeah, it was a good experience. I was a little nervous. I don't know why. Anxious, too. Then we, you get put in a big room and they ask you all these questions and like, can you answer, answer honestly about something involving this subject matter or are you, or are you related to anybody in local law enforcement? Like it's all of these like feeler questions and I'm sure it wasn't your standard jury selection process either because of COVID. Because they had us all spread out like in the entire courtroom because normally you would be in a jury box. And there are usually 12, right? And they only picked seven? No. That's like a federal murder case. There's 12 jurors. Oh, it's not always 12. No. That I'm... Oh. That's what I learned. Okay. But there, you know, there's like 40 people and then they ask all these questions and then the, the state's lawyer asks a question a bunch of questions she got 20 minutes and then the defense guy got 20 minutes to ask his questions and then they narrow it down are they asking them broadly or to yeah each they person? ask the room and then they say is anybody here and then it blah 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 blah, blah so raise your hand out right then and there no because okay. they they tally it down I, I don't know they leave some sort of list that they make okay. and then then they do all that i almost thought i could get out of it because the first round of questions that the state's attorney did I was kind of tucked away in the corner, so she didn't really turn that far that often. It's that damn mustache. Oh, no, <clears> you <throat> had a mask on. Yeah, and so she never asked any follow-up questions towards me because once they'd ask a question, the person would raise their hand. They'd say, so juror number seven, you, rose your hand, you raised your hand when blah, 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 
could you go a little further into your experience? And then that's how they narrow it down through these answers. And I never, she never saw my hand when I raised it. So like it was her last question and she was about to sit down. She goes, Oh, drew 14. What do you, I haven't heard from you. <laughs> and I was like, so I said, Oh, okay. You know, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, I got, it got narrowed down and I got picked to be one of the seven. It lasted literally like all day. We were there till six, which I was cool with because the judge, she was up front saying, I like to extend it if the jury wants to. That day. Yeah, to stay later than to have you come back tomorrow to keep this thing going or whatever. So I didn't even know it was the same day. Like you get picked and then you hear the case. That day. Yeah, see, you're too TV drama size. Am I too law and order it? Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Because that's like fed. Those are murder cases. Like federal we're cases. we're doing what mine was a a uh, criminal. What, it was a criminal case because this this uh, guy had stolen. Uh, well, this family wanted a porch, a big porch patio done in their backyard to this house that they just moved into a couple years ago. They built it, you know, so they're trying to renovate it make it stay current and things and they wanted a guy who could work through the winter this was pre-covid this is like back in 2019 or something and they got recommended a guy he seemed to be very highly recommended so he comes out draws up a whole plan of what he wanted to do for their idea they approved of it and it was like a thirty-six thousand dollar job and he wanted 20000 up front, which they paid. And that was supposed to be used for, like, materials and things like that. Labor. And he also said he had a crew of three guys. I wasn't sure if he included himself in the three or if he had three individual people. But there was at least two guys on hand for at his disposal to help him with And that's work. what the money was for. That and uh, All supplies. of that stuff. So... He said he could have it done in six months, given with the weather conditions and all that stuff, working through the conditions. Long story short, we get to like May of 2020, and all he had done was put like some gravel down and like kind of leveled out their backyard. Didn't he tear it up? Like it was. Yeah, it's all tore up. And then whenever it would rain, it would flood the backyard. Uh, It was awful. But he strung them along for like eight months. And got and more money out got of them. more money out of them earlier on got like another six grand or something and he just finally the 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 husband said hey I'm gonna talk with my attorney we're getting some papers written up uh, I just want you to that's it's saying that you'll get the job done within six we- the next six weeks and this was in May after eight months <laughs> so then the contractor guy was like offended by that that he and he's like i'm not i'm not signing anything you know so then he came in in the night the contractor did and took what little tools and stuff he had over at their place and then now they ended up in court well was that part before or after the husband called the supply company and said Do you that was have- after yeah so he the the husband even called the place that he was gonna buy material from like the cement or the the paver people yeah the stone company or whatever and they were they told the the husband we we haven't had any business from that guy for like a year uh we haven't sold him anything we don't know what you're talking about so then it started getting real suspicious he had told the 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 family the family that he had bought the pavers yeah, and like then they they were it. confused about that too because they hadn't decided on style or color or anything. They hadn't picked any. Yeah, out. and then there was text messages that were printed out because they had a bunch of conversations through text, and it was probably over a hundred pages. I'm seeing about three inches. Yeah, it was with your fingers fairly big. There was a lot of evidence. There was a lot of pictures to go through. Um, the husband was really detail oriented, which was smart. Notes. Yeah, he kept good notes, and. Basically, the guy, the contractor had two charges of theft and fraud. Yeah. And that's what we had to decide on. So. And you're allowed to talk about this. I didn't know. I thought you could never talk about it. 
Yeah, we we found him guilty because they presented a good case. The yeah, and the defense was like, this should have been a civil case because it's about finances, which was kind of hilarious because the state came back in closing and said, we've already decided what kind of case this is. That's why it's being tried as a criminal case because we heard the case. So there's no sense in like, him to keep talking about this over and over and over. Uh, but I, all of that being said, the experience, I thought w it turned out way better than I expected or anticipated. I felt like I actually was a part of something and I felt like important to the community. Yeah. So I think it was a good experience. It's not something I want to do all the time. So I won't get called for another two years or something. But the the judge, I don't know if all judges are like the judge we had because she was awesome. She was really detailed too and making sure we understood our duties in the process and she would break things down to like layman terms to make at least for me that's what it seemed like it helped and then even after the case i just got in the mail my check for jury duty yeah which was like 50 bucks or something <laughs> but she wrote a note or a letter mm -hmm. and even uh, after the case was over, she said to us if we wanted to stay back, she would answer our questions and like, basically hang out with you. Like very transparent. Yeah. And very that's the same thing I got in the letter that she just sent with my check. Mm -hmm. So. So that made me feel good to know sometimes jury duty isn't. It's not terrible. I guess I am thinking TV because I'm like, oh, God, sequestered. He's gone. He's going to be gone for six months. You know. Yeah, that's only going to happen if <laughs> some, you know, there's like a big murder trial that happens here in the state. It does sound like you're a pretty awesome juror, though. You might. What if there's like a special list of, like, what if you start getting called a lot because you're just so that guy who's. And then they're gonna have to up my pay because. I think it's the mustache. It really. They didn't see my face. Are you sure you never took that mask off? I never took it off. Because let me tell you, everybody, anytime. Casey takes off his mask. Someone says, oh, hey, man, that mustache. Got me out of being carded at the bar. Yeah. Because the guy goes, I was going to card you, but then I saw your face. What and he that mustache. The mustache. No, he said, in that mustache, that's all I need to know. That's what he looked It's like, <laughs> okay. And then he carded Mickey. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Who does not have a mustache or no, any facial hair? He can't because he's a baby. He's a baby. Okay. So that was Casey's world update, jury duty. Glad that went well. Oh, the best part, though, real yeah. quick, is they put the defendant up on the stand, like, which was a terrible call if I was his lawyer. But uh, the state got to cross-examine him, and that lawyer, she was really good. She, but he, at one point, because they hired a new guy to do the job, right? So they ended up paying that guy like $45,000. Anywho, but... And that, it took that guy two weeks to finish it. And then the defendant got up there and the state, she asked him a question and his response to, it was about the timeline of the work or whatever. He goes, yeah, I could have got all of that done in four days if they would have been a little bit more patient with me. And that's then, what the defendant he said. He said that. And this was like after we'd been there for a few hours, like we had been through lunch and everything. So we understood like, the timeline and at first he came out of the gate saying it would take six months six months and then it was what you know four days yeah and all of a sudden out of nowhere it was like i could have got it done in four days and she was like what you could get that done in four days then why were we doing like she was like holding up evidence <laughs> papers and stuff and she was like then what are we what was this what are we doing here? like shaking it i forgot about so that. that poor guy is a mess yeah he needs some help he needs some serious help because the other thing was he for the fraud thing was the checks weren't ever written to his company. They were written directly to him. And then one of the other jurors, she was a, some finance person. Cause part of the evidence was the check copies and stuff. Cause yeah. he cashed them the next day. And, uh, Oh, you had you copies of that? the checks. Wow. And she goes, yeah, this is kind of awkward. Or this doesn't seem right. It seems kind of suspicious of, having checks written personally to you and not your company for cashing, such a large amount and then cashing them the very next like opposed day. to like going to a place or having a payroll 
yeah. check come out of your business account for the people that are working with yeah, you. Yeah, she understood it and explained it yeah. in some way because I, I didn't even pick, nobody else picked up on that. We were like, oh, that's interesting. So anyway. I just can't believe you haven't seen Jury Duty with Polly Shore. No, I cut off Polly Shore after Son-in-Law and Biodome. I don't think I could. Take it Which anymore. those Son are two good ones. I amazing. love Son-in-Law and I Biodome. I saw Biodome. I don't remember much about it though. Those two are great. Oh, and Encino Man. Oh, I mean those that's three. Classic. I didn't want to go anymore because I felt like after that, they did like Sergeant Bilko or yeah, Blink. I never saw that. That was terrible. Was it terrible? So I think I, I saw that and it was bad. Man. So you have to re really sell me on jury duty. Well, I just showed you a clip on YouTube, which you know. And it had that funny '90s trailer voice. Oh yeah, that guy. Uh, I can't. I he did know. all like the lethal weapon stuff. He did like everything. VHS teaser trailer guy that perfectly crackly sort of muffled deep voice of the vhs voiceover yeah <laughs> all right let's do a quick high five moment this one involves you i have i i'm too mental and busy lately to even reflect enough on the mental mom moment so i'll get back to y'all on that um i just haven't been able to process and reflect because of all the stuff we've had going on lately but I did take note of this high five moment that we had last week, Casey, you and I, um, with couples raising kids. I mean, communication is so important. We know this. It, and especially like at the end of the day after it's, we've just been going all day, working, kids have had sports, we're trying to do dinner, kids have to take showers, they have to make sure the Chromebooks are charged up for the next day. Um, you know, just the things that you have to do. Right. Um, and you were so great when I confronted you about something that I was a little uncomfortable with. You had okay. made a lot of appropriate. The, the girls were <laughs> like okay. their shoes. Okay. The girls left their shoes out. And you warned them about that. Not only did they leave them out. That was the first thing I ran into when I walked in from work. They were in front of the door like I could barely open the door because the shoes were in front of the door. Yes, that is correct. Okay, so then, you know, I'm not noticing that because I'm trying. They're like, hey, mom, hey, mom, hey, mom, I got, will you sign this? Hey, mom, is it my turn to take a shower first or is it my turn to take a shower second? You know, and then I'm maybe trying to make something to eat for everybody. I don't know. Right. So... I, I missed it. So then I, I get it. Then the next thing was like crumbs, crumb related rules being broken that are, should not be broken in terms of like things we have set up. Right. And a lot of this clean. stuff hasn't been a problem for like a at while. least a month, maybe even longer. And that's part of why I was so frustrated. And I think this is where we differ in terms of like me being a parent for 10 years and you just coming on board is that happens like kids get patterns down and then all of a sudden like you're like wait i thought we had this like why are you not doing this and you have to get them back on track that's fair i think that a lot of parents would yeah agree. i guess that's the first time i've really had to be face to face with it face to face with like thinking that this pattern's like we have a routine and then all of a sudden it's they don't understand what we're talking about yes so you had and i agreed with I was good with everything that you pointed out to the girls and like the redirecting and the, Hey girls, what's the rule about this? Like you did some great parenting, uh -huh. but my concern was there were so many things in a row in a short amount of time that I said, Hey, could you work on like, at first I, I told you, I appreciated what you, all the things and yeah. I wasn't upset or anything. <laughs> but I was like, can you make sure to put the same amount of effort into non-behavioral, non-discipline, non-rule-following things. Like, can you make sure to talk to them about their day and have as just as many interactions with them that are more sure. positive? And I think if it was a year ago, we would have probably gotten in a fight about it, been defensive and, like, hurt each other's feelings. And we didn't. We ha You, like, really heard me. I tried to say it really calmly. Did I do pretty good how I said it? Yeah, it was better. Okay. I really worked on my tone and I really was just asking from the heart, like, Hey, can you just make sure that you're doing just as much to interact? So what did I do differently? So then the rest of the night you were really fun with them 
and like asked them questions and interacted and like I could tell you made an effort and it was genuine. It wasn't like you were faking it or anything. I think that meant a lot to me that you heard what I said. You didn't get mad. You didn't get defensive. And then you quickly changed the tune. You're welcome. What do you think about the interaction? Because, you know, communication is hard, especially when you're raising kids. The, between you and I? Yeah. I agree. I, it's gotten a lot smoother and non-confrontational where we're at right now. It's like healthy confrontation. Yeah. There's things that you've gotten better at not getting so defensive, like total mom bear mama bear mama bear defensive where you just immediately assume it's almost like you don't even treat me how you normally would treat me when the girls are around you mean yeah but it used to be i mean in terms of how i would say something about them or ask like why did they do this or but it was any time you thought i was really judging them you treated me like i was everybody else if i was if they were trying to attack your kids like you were some like asshole predator who's trying to attack or just like somebody you'd see on the street or somebody and say something about the kids doing something you'd be like what do you two say about my daughter or whatever like just getting in (laughs) in that mode which you don't do that as much i think it's because i've seen how much you've invested into the girls i get i guess what i'm trying to say too is You wouldn't treat me how I would anticipate you trying to convince me to live with all three of you. Okay, wait, explain. Like, instead of at first trying to hear me of like what I was asking about what the girls were doing, you'd get defensive. And then I would think to myself, well, if she's trying to sell me on living, like making this a life, like (laughs) why would I want to do that? Because she just gets so pissed off and and defensive defensive whenever I try to figure her kids out to make it easy for me. Right. I didn't look at it like you were asking questions because you wanted to understand. I looked at it defensively, which is all about insecurity, insecurity about my parenting, insecurity about you being judgmental. Maybe like you wouldn't want to live with us because we are three high maintenance I see that. I mean, I could see Chicks. that. But then as... Why you would think that? I just think we kept... We stayed with it. And of course, couples counseling with Gina help, has helped um, to be able to talk about right. a lot of this. But yeah, it's so important to, to be able to have these conversations. Because I was having these feelings this past week when I confronted you. I'm so glad that I can talk to you about it instead of just keeping them in because then we know what happens. Like if you keep all the feelings in and you don't say the things, then you explode eventually. Right. And you end up having a fight that's about not even the thing that it, that it was about. So I feel good about that. Good. Me too. I've been feeling that way like when I have to tell you something that they've frustrated me with. The girls. Like coming to you. And just saying, I'm only saying this now because I don't, I know if I don't say anything, like it's just going to build up and I'm going to blow up later because that's what you wanted. Because I used to kind of do that. Yeah. You would just keep it in and then, yeah. Because you didn't so want to upset me. And then... I would say, I, what I say now is like, I just want you to, like, they're really pissing me off. Here's what's, and that's like and normal parents. I'm going to go stuff. into the room, my, the other room by myself. Yeah. And I'm usually like, I totally get it go yeah well before i would just go in the other room right and then and be you like, wouldn't... i wouldn't be as cool with it yeah so. so we're getting there and i think me seeing how invested you are in them and like it's been a, over a year now and you really care about the girls and you really work with them like the amount of time that you've put into teaching them about like the bathroom <laughs> um procedure thank me later yeah because you said the girls you've known like in college and stuff are they're all, gross. And they're all gross. They're all gross. And you you want the girls to be not gross. <laughs> I'm trying. <laughs> and they love, like, they like love your little routines. Like they do them way better than they do stuff for me. Probably because I don't know how to do routines very well and I don't, not great about enforcing them. Yeah, you're them. not the best one. Because I forget. Right. Yeah. So anyway, you're, you're, Thanks. you're great. Oh. I really like having you here. So are the girls. 
I like being here. Thanks for, ha- thanks for having me. <laughs> hey, you should stay. <laughs> I'll be around more often. We should like create a life together or something. Okay. Yeah. Um, anyway, you can get our um, couples and parenting book on Amazon for ten ninety nine, and we'll have a workshop that's about $10,000 that you can come to where Casey and I will teach you all the communication styles that work no, we're not. and are effective. No, I'm no. kidding. Who are we? Rachel Hollis? No. Oh. <laughs> oh. Look at you finally taking shots at people. I know. Is that? Um, I better check with. She's gonna come after with us. She's our gonna crush team. our show. Hey, legal. We gotta check yeah. with the legal department. We'll call them Am afterwards. Allowed? Am I allowed? Are you gonna get us in trouble with the jury duty thing, telling us all about the case? No, I didn't use names. Okay. Right. I mean, how many? contractors screw over a customer in the state or the united states it happens probably a lot every day i see it on the reality shows i watch about like house renovating and stuff i didn't say addresses or names no you didn't i just said husband i didn't say his occupation true even though i know his occupation don't tell us all right so on to our actual topic for today finally finally let me just pause from complimenting casey on all of the yeah. amazing things you do. It, I'm over it. You're over it. You don't want to hear any more of that bullshit. I'm kidding. That. Okay, so spirituality and celebrity. Is Andrew Keegan the next Tom Cruise? Stay tuned as we. No, I'm kidding. For acting or what? Well, you know, Tom Cruise and Scientology. Oh. Uh, you know, being that like celebrity guy face of a that's cult. really good looking. Uh, you think Tom Cruise is good looking? I do. I think in terms of like... He's got a crooked tooth. You ever notice that? No, I haven't. Like how our teeth in the front yeah. are like in the middle, you know, with their gaps in the middle. Uh-huh. He, like, I can't remember if it's left or right, but his two, his teeth are shifted Are you on body the top. shaming Tom Cruise? No. <laughs> I've only noticed this because I watch a lot of his movies. Yeah. Because I like him as an actor. I don't care for his personal behaviors, but... Right. I'm willing to separ- separate the two because I am entertained by his movies. So you, your theory too, Casey, is that symmet- people with symmetrical faces, or you said you've read this somewhere or something, are more attractive? I don't believe that. That's science. It's a fact. They've done <laughs> research on it. It's not like I am doing that on my own. Like I read it about it. Because I think that like your face is not symmetrical. We've talked about this. Your lip is different on one side than the other. And I think that's what makes you so cute. Well, and yeah, I like my those little a, things. Uh, my, yeah. That's because my, yeah, my head's different. Yeah. and I'm a freak. One of my eyebrows is different than the other eyebrow. No, I know. So anyway, my whole thing is Tom Cruise from like a symmetrical, what we deem as quote unquote attractive. Yeah, he is. He's cute. He's handsome. Uh, okay. But I, not like Andrew Keegan handsome. Okay. Casey, I need you to earmuffs right now. Earmuff. Remember from, what's that movie? What, old school? Old school. I need you to earmuff. Why? Because I'm going to tell everybody how hot I think Andrew Keegan is. Oh, I already know. Oh, my God. Like, when I was in sixth grade, I thought I was going to die if I didn't, like, have all of his posters. And it was, like, my one big boy crush that I've ever had. Why? What about him? I don't know. I think it was... His olive colored skin. That, the hair. His dark his hair. hair kind of Flowing long. hair. I wasn't a JTT kind of girl. Because he was the bad guy, the bad boy mm. in Free Willy. What? Is he in Free Willy? Pretty sure. Casey, we're going to have to check that I'm going to Google it. Google it while, Finish I, your while I drone on here about. Swooning. Um, so anyway, Andrew Keegan, yes. <laughs> Camp Nowhere, 10 Things I Hate About You. Maybe Free Willy. He's just a little older than me, a few years. Well, I'm gonna. While well, you're looking, what year did Free Willy come out? Oh my god, I don't know. That's what Google's for. <laughs> so he's on Baywatch. On an episode with um, what's the dark-haired chick? He was on there for two episodes. Two, episodes? two different characters. You think Carmen? Is it Carmen Electra? Yeah, she was on Baywatch. Was he on what those episodes or Pam, like the Pam Anderson time frame? Uh, ninety-three and ninety-four, from what it says. Yeah, he was just really cute. Okay, he wasn't in Free Willy. There was a guy in Free Willy, though, that looks very similar to him. Matthew Bacall. That's who I'm confused with. He's not well-known, but 
the younger version of him, they look very similar at I, first glance. I did take a peek, and he does. He does look. I can see where you thought that Andrew, but he didn't age well. No, no he's no not offense. Andrew Keegan aging well. But Andrew Keegan is aging. They're in the same well. age range, though. Yeah. Anywho, let's, anyway, moving on. Moving on. Sorry. That's okay. We love a little caveat, if you will. So in 2014, this article comes out, Vice, two reporters visit Andrew and interview him about his, what some are calling a religion and some are calling a cult. Casey and I read this article from Vice. I'm going to post it and so you can read it, the link, I'll post the link. So it, the headline is, one of the stars of 10 Things I Hate About You started a religion. So it starts off kind of like benign, I would say. But as the article goes on, it's written by um, Cheyenne Dodge and Shanra Wakefield. And, you know, they do a good job of, of describing, like, what they saw when they were there. And I do get that there were some really annoying things that they encountered. Like, it's kind of hard to to pin down what Andrew Keegan's religion is, if it is a religion. But it's basically him and people he knows coming together to hang out i guess that's what it looks like and just be nice to everybody the world from within through peace yeah i don't understand their message or their goal do they have a goal um to more of a message world into peace i don't know I don't know. Everything comes full circle. So yeah. So that's the name of it. Right. He creates this group and it's called full circle. So the thing, so he says the thing that caused him to start this group, what should we call it for the sake of our show? It's a religion, a religion. That's how they see it. Yeah. The thing that sparks this is Andrew Keegan um, said that he and some of his friends were walking in Venice. That's where where they're venice beach venice beach california thank you not italy thank you um he they get attacked by what he calls gang members and so much it was such a brawl that he ended up in the uh, hospital with stitches mm-hmm. so it was a very it was a physical attack also at that same time the tsunami hits japan japan then within this time frame he's staring at a street light and it blew up while he was staring at it. Also within this time frame, um, a rose quartz. It's like a heart-shaped rose quartz. And they use these a lot in their group. Moved on its own with like no human intervention. So he says that these are all signs of synchronicities. Do you remember when we yeah. released the Lamb case and we talked right. about synchronicities, which is all these things happening that all seem right. to connect? Which is a very kind of new agey. But let's not take into account that they live in California. Yeah, it's and very what's, California. Well, what's very what's something that happens very often in California? Earthquakes. Yeah. Because they're on the fault line over there. Yeah. So, is it crazy to think that some seismic? kind of shifting was going on that maybe they didn't feel because it was strong enough to push the rock off i mean is it off the podium that he said it was on you think that's too far-fetched or does it make more sense that it just fell off by itself is it possible that some of the shock waves from the tsunami hit california yeah because isn't a tsunami an earthquake underwater kind of well it's a wave of water but they that's how they get started. It's from an I earthquake. believe, yeah. What if it I'm was I'm not that? a geologist so I don't know, or an oceanographer. Whoever so all this posts. stuff happens. And Andrew Keegan, also Occupy on Wall Street was happening. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. Was that happening? Yeah. Did they, was that part that's of his? That's part of it, too. Oh, okay. So all of that together, and he's like, we got to we gotta do something. Um, we got to make a circle. We got to make a circle called the full circle. Full circle. Now, None of this half circle business. So the um, the other thing he said, and one, I'm linking all this stuff in the show notes. So just go there if you want to dive in with us um, on a podcast. We and I think it's probably a friend. I don't know how. I don't know. It 
it may have not been the most objective interviewer. Let's put it that way. I think they were friends. Um, so Andrew Keegan's asked all these questions on the podcast. He shares that being an actor in Hollywood after time, like it's just so disheartening and so grueling and you're just constantly like trying out for auditioning and it gets, I think he just felt, he didn't feel fulfilled anymore. Hmm. I get that. Like that, I get, I kind of get sure. that. So that's, so all of that comes together and he decides he wants more out of life to do more for others. And so he forms this group called Full Circle. Now the controversy kind of comes in with the the Vice article, the one that came out in 2014, where the reporters are there observing and then write about it. They interview people who say that there is this inner circle of like eight people. And that's usually, like when we look at a cult, there's usually a pyramid sort of style. Sure. And there's like somebody at the top and then there's like the people um, closest to that person are sort of like at the top of it. Right. And it trickles down from there. Yeah. So it kind of looked that way or the, in the article it's kind of portrayed as Andrew Keegan is at the top. He's the main decision maker. All, you know, he has the final say in everything. And then there's these people who are like in his inner circle at the Inside top. Inside the full circle. Inside the full circle. Whoa. Whoa. So it's portrayed as a cult. Sure. A culty kind of group. And so you know that Casey and I love a good cult but, story. But, I mean, there's... But... That's what's so crazy to me is, like, I'm not a religion expert, but in Catholicism, right, there's, like, the Pope, and then there's bishops, and what yes! all that stuff. So or, like, why, deacons. There's, yeah, like, yeah. why is it so crazy for them to put that in an article of, like, yeah, there's advisors. Andrew Keegan, and then there's, you know, his people that have people underneath them. I mean, like a pyramid thing, but that's how the church is set up. So tell everybody your theory, because I love it. Finish with what you wanted to go through first, and then I'll give you my theory. Okay. So Pew Research Center um, is cited in some of these articles, and basically there's this term. It's called nuns not like the nuns that wear the black and white garbs or like that hang out in the sound of music in the abbeys and whatnot but nuns like n-o-n-e-s and this did you ever see that show the flying nun i no. is that with, with Sally uh, field yeah where she says you like me you really like me. no that's, that's a movie she, Okay, That's what mind. she won the Oscar for. Okay. But she was on a TV show like from the 60s called The Flying Nun. No, I would love to watch that. She had that. like a magical hat or something. I don't know. She flew around, did crazy shit. What year? What decade? Like in the 60s. 60s. Okay. No, but I would love to watch that. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> did you, have you seen it? Do you like it? Yeah, it was on like regular. It's on reruns. It's syndicated. So that's why I saw it because it was on regular TV. That is so funny. Because no, we didn't have cable. No. Me, Mike and I watched it one day. My brother Mike? Uh-huh. It was the day we were got the next day we were all hung over and stuff from partying <laughs> all night. Was this back in the day? Back in the day. Before you were a step adult influencer? Yes. All way before then. But we were all hung over the next day and the flying nun was on TV. Did you guys like it? Well, we just watched it was it. hilarious, but <laughs> Okay, I'd like to watch that. Go back to your story. All right, Andrew so, Keegan. Yeah, no, no, nuns. Nuns. N o n e s. Nuns, like none of it. Millennials. It's found. We found that they don't. A high percentage of millennials, more so than other generations, don't don't affiliate with a religion for lots I agree of reasons. With that. Yeah, I think we can anecdotally say that we agree with that based on what we know, and then, you know, the research shows, like the sociology research shows that. Um, millennials just don't they don't like what a lot of religions stand for politically so gay rights equality right abortion like all of the, like you know some of those the hot, big ones the big ones the hot buttons they don't want to affiliate with a religion necessarily because then automatically people assume boxes them in yeah yeah and i think my theory is that we've been really let down with religious leaders I preaching agree. a certain way living you know, another but way but living a completely different way and we see that more and more right 
So that makes sense to me. So anyway, there's this high percentage of, of millennials who are so spiritual. They still want a connection with a higher power. We still want to... Are you laughing at that? No, I'm, I'm just thinking <laughs> like this is where all of like the the crystals and the rocks yes. and the the spirituality and spirituality, yeah. so- chakras. So that it's it all like, is making sense. I'm sense. having like a yeah. moment over here. Yeah, it makes sense. The full circle. Full circle. Casey just had a full uh, circle moment. Andrew Keegan, I'm oh my coming. God, we're coming, Andrew. I'm coming. We're coming. But I don't know if his church is still open. We don't know. <laughs> we'll get to that. The but website's we can't down. Find anything about it? Anyway. He fills this void for this group of pe- of millennials. So, and I also thought I love knowing like new terms. They're new to me anyway, but I guess nuns. You hadn't heard of it either. No. Okay. Well, outside of the real nuns. No, I'm N O N E. I know, but when you say it, that's <laughs> the like immediate. Nuns. Immediately, I just think of nuns, like the what I'm accustomed to. All right. So I think that when I tell you that definition and that void that he's filling. Does that not lead right into your theory? My theory that the churches are unhappy with him? Yeah, that mainstream religions don't like this sure. stuff because... It's taking away from their following and their messages and right. all that stuff. Threatening to them. Yeah. And I think... It, well, and there was another article, too, uh, from Andrew Keegan's part where they like busted him for making kombucha oh, or something like that. <laughs> Uh, cause it's got a tiny bit of alcohol in it, which is normal. You want me to give the rundown of that? Yeah, real quick. Okay. So part of their ceremonies in their church or their temple, I think is what they call it, Uh is they take part in this, uh, kombucha. They drink kombucha, which, you know, I'm from the Midwest. We sell it at the grocery store. I'm an Indiana girl. I just found out about kombucha like a year ago, but I'm sure it's been around forever. So... It has a tiny amount of alcohol because it's fermented. So there's like 0.5 to 1%. So turns out if there's more than 0.5 or 1%, I can't remember which 0.5. one. 0.5. 0.5%. Technically, you need a liquor license to sell serve it, it or serve sell it. it. Yeah, serve it. In this case, serve it. So some cranky neighbor makes a call to the alcohol... The ABC. The ABC in California. Alcohol, beverage, beverage control, control something. something. And says, hey, this is what's going on. You should check it out. So they, they turned them in. They raid. So the, right. They raid them and they get fined and they're like, no kombucha for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my theory with that being is I don't think it's a cult. I think it's a space for like-minded people who want the world to be a better place come and express themselves because they put on like art shows and you know real parrot named krishna community based type of stuff too so i don't think it's a cult but i think when an organization or a religion comes up like andrew keegan's it's a threatening opposition to standard religion mainstream mainstream religion Um, and i think that's partly where the whole cult push comes from is because cults are viewed in a certain light mm -hmm. in this country that it's real easy when you stamp the word cult on them to make them out to be these wackos and crazy people or they're yeah, like that whole time of that, then Yeah, that's so. Vice's first article where they allude to this cultiness. I I think the main point that the reporter was trying to make, the reporters were sent, were making, was you know he was idolized as a teen, right? Deitized the words they use, godlike. Casey's rolling his eyes. I so don't understand that. Enough. You could say that about any teen heartthrob, right? So they're saying it's but because it's, he's trying to make a space. Or right. religious They're saying space. that parallels, you know, it's it's like makes it's not okay. that crazy that he is, has a following, right now. Okay, it's just not for his movies right now. Right, it's for his his view of the thoughts. world. So in some yeah. ways, he's using his fame for good. Okay. Now here's here's where we have to keep an eye on things. Okay. Okay. From what I've seen, what you've seen, what we've read, it looks like just a beautiful place where people come to like be better people. 
when you when you're there you and they have a meeting it's like hi i'm megan and then everybody says we love you megan right and then they they give out like why why they're there like what they're they're looking for right yeah or what they're searching for for. Mm -hmm. yeah so you know look at a 12-step meeting exactly it's the same thing yeah. Um, so not all cults are bad. We looked up. I looked up the definition of like a cult following or a cult classic. Like we love Napoleon Dynamite. That's a cult classic. Uh, we love the Room. That's a cult classic. It just means a group, small group of people who all are huge fans of this thing. So here's where we have to watch. He sounds likable and he sounds genuine right now. I mean, he is likable. He presents as likable and very genuine. Okay. You keep an eye on it because here's a couple of a couple of things. I'm, I completely agree with you that it's not a cult, but I want to keep an eye on the following. Well, one other thing we forgot to say is he doesn't charge much. Like, they barely charge for their... Oh, like their fundraising? Yeah, their fundraising yeah, is like 15 it, to $50 donations. No, it's like pay $15, come watch my movie. Camp Nowhere. Nowhere that I was in 25 years ago. And, and we'll have a good time. We'll hang out and make fun of my movie or whatever. So as of right now, I can't find anything where he's charging like a ton of money. Like Rachel Hollis is charging like thousands and thousands of dollars for right. a virtual seminar, a self-help seminar. He's not doing stuff like that. I don't see where he is making money. He funded it himself and then he got some donors. Sure. Yeah. I don't, I don't know where it's fallen under there too because like Scientology – You've got Tom Cruise, John Travolta, Big uh, money. Beck, you know, all these A-listers. Right. And I keep wanting to call him Scott Bayo now. Which he, one? Adam Keegan. Andrew Keegan. Andrew Keegan. <laughs> Scott Bayo. He kind of reminds me of Scott Bayo at first glance now it's that, that he's older. Hair. But Andrew Keegan, he's got connections. He's got look. He's stylish. He has to still be in contact with. I would say pretty notable people in the industry. So if he were that kind of in that kind of pursuit and direction and he needed money that bad, because that's kind of where they're at, right? Looking for money. Mm -hmm. uh, Why wouldn't he use that? But as far as I know, there's really nobody else tied to this. That is at the level of celebrity that you would think which just breaks my heart to say but i don't even know if we could put him in the a-list i'm not saying he's an a-lister but i'm saying he still has to have connections wouldn't you think and wouldn't you think too that like he would to other people that have a bunch of money and maybe he's picky about who he takes money from which i respect well then that would to me be another sign of it not being a cult cult. yes okay so here are the things to keep an eye on everyone's very attractive okay i'll post some pictures Everyone's very, no one's overweight. Everyone's I don't attractive. Agree with that. I, I think. And that's a thing with cults. And I know we we're talking about, we have a whole series planned, you guys, on the Nexium sex cult. So many things to talk about. But the leader of that, Keith Raniere, he's he, not sexy. He's, he's not sexy at all. No, he's not. That one's a whole different ballgame. Um, but the women are moldable. They're not all attractive in that cult either. But, yes. But nobody's overweight. No, I guess not. No. Okay. And then he starves people. He has women, right. you know, starve themselves. So, I mean, we just got to keep an eye on that. Cause there's, but then again, in California, you probably don't have as many overweight people. Especially in Venice Beach, right? No, his church, well, the building that it was in, because he's not there. There was a thing with the property where they were going to auction it off and he couldn't raise the money. So, I right. think now they don't have a place. But that location was right next to Gold's Gym. Like where Arnold Schwarzenegger trained. Right. <laughs> and the beach. So there's yeah. this giant muscular so dude like just walking around. Just the norm over there in California is like over here in the Midwest. Yeah, we struggle a little more with our weight. Um, but I don't understand the connection between good looking people and cults. Because if you look at the research that's it's been studied, cults typically want really good looking people because we are a society who is um, easily influenced by... Well, that makes sense because then it distracts you from their crazy ideas. Right. So if you go to a church, a regular church or a a synagogue or, you Uh know, you're going to see different body types. Why do you think that is? Because they've already been established. It's not a cult. Yeah. It's just a whole bunch of people. Okay. Some churches are culty, but not all of them. You know, Stephen Hassan, my guy, my yeah. um, who's a cult expert, 
you know, reading his book, there was some study that was done where they did this personality profile test on people who went to regular churches, like mainstream Catholic, Jewish, I don't know, Christian churches. Yeah. And they they weren't it, – it somehow showed that they weren't brainwashed. They weren't – it was very average scores. I'll have to – I would say I could see that because normally with cults you're in it every single day. Right. I'd say the average person that goes to church doesn't spend. I know that there's the ones that are highly involved and they're right. even there doing stuff during the weeks. But it's not their but whole I, life. Well, there's some that it's not their whole life, and I'm saying that there are the ones that it is their whole life. True. True. But I'm saying on average, for the big religions of of Catholicism and judaism and all that stuff like you're only practicing on the day where you're like sunday you go to church and that's all that that person does so they try to live their best life during the week but then they go to church on sunday whereas in a cult you're in the cult every day every single day day that's what i'm saying yes where there are some people who are catholics but and they spend all you know they'll go to church on monday and then or whatever the days they'll go during the week and they'll go on the weekend I could see them being more being indoctrinated. more indoctrinated into something than somebody who just goes on a Sunday. I'll have to post this. I wonder if there's like a sign. There, yeah. I'm not saying that that's fact. I'm just saying it. It would make more sense to me that somebody that spends more time in one location ends up being more of a hardcore like fanatic. Absolutely. Than the person that just goes once a week. Because like in the, you know we the Nexium cult sex cult like. Every day they they're they're supposed to check in with their right. you know all day every day is all about right yeah so I want to keep an eye on you know if he on the money like if he does resurface at some point because right now like his in, the Instagram for full circle is not active really hasn't been updated in a long time right I mean it's active well their websites their website their website their website <laughs> is down it's is not down. even on it's unavailable. Because I wanted to see if I could get some like current stuff. No, I them. think they lost funding and then so they just folded. That's so, the other thing. If you were a cult, wouldn't they just like go to the woods? Wouldn't they form some sort of thing out of huts and tents? Well, and... it depends. Like sometimes. That um, seems to be the cult MO is. To kind of get your own community established. Yeah. The other thing, he, he uses a lot of terminology that is a lot of times, it could go either way. Like as a therapist, yes, I talk about spirituality but these terms like raise your vibration co-creating um doing everything with intentionality and love and trying to form higher consciousness that's cult i mean that's pretty cult talk 101 but not always and and not necessarily in this case it just seems very more hippie-esque than yeah cult for me hippie new age kind of thing yeah there, one of the vice reporters in that first article likens them to Burning Man. It's called being a burner. I had to look that up too. It means you like go to Burning Man, but then you also just don't go to Burning Man concert. You in the desert, you actually like live that lifestyle. Did you know what Burning Man was? The big concert before in you the looked desert. It, yeah, like the festival. I did only because I looked it up for some other thing I was researching. Okay, that's what I thought. <laughs> And then, you know, I was really into their costumes because there's a lot of glitter, a lot of wings. Yeah. Out in the desert, a lot of glow sticks. Yeah. There's a lot of things I could get down with. Not so much the psychedelics or the. um, Well, then you're not getting down with it. But I think I could because if you haven't done LSD or the psychedelics before, what are they called? Hallucinogens? Uh huh. I don't know what I'm missing. I can just get excited about the glow sticks and the glitter and the wings and like dancing around and create my own high. Sure. Sure. You can do that, but it won't be as much fun. But those of us with mental health issues, like we can't mess around with that stuff because I don't know. There's a lot of, we could do a whole show. We will do a whole show on this because. Maybe we should do an experiment. I don't want. You can try it. I'll observe you and I'll record you and we'll study it. It's for science. It's for science, Meg. Just take this mushroom. It's for science. No, not doing it. It won't hurt you. Now, here's a quote from Andrew Keegan. This is from the article um, in the LA Times. He says, 
There's a lot of woo-woo in New Age. I refer to it as a spiritual ego. Even the whole guru thing that they keep associating with me, that's the old paradigm. Having someone to follow who's more enlightened than you, that's over. So it sounds good. I mean, he's saying the right things. No, it's everybody has a say. It's co-creating. It's I'm not in charge. Like if we see him being revered at some point, like if he does come back, this comes back. and. But what's the point? I mean, where is the difference between being revered as a teen heartthrob and being revered as a religious figure? Boom. Because he's already right there, revered. Casey. You revere him because you think he's attractive. I did, but now, I mean, I have more balance in my life. <laughs> well, I'm saying at one point there, there still are People who like you, yeah, they didn't. You didn't really care what he stood for. Stood for. You were like, oh, he's just he's hot. So hot. Oh my god, I'm twelve. He's so hot. <laughs> so like, he's already got a base. That's why I don't think it's. There's no difference. I agree. I don't think that it's a cult. I don't think we can deem it as a cult, especially based on like there's no mind control stuff going on necessarily. There's no like holding people against their will that we can find anyway. Cause you know, Dan Harris from Nightline did that story on him and you can see that on YouTube and I'll link it. And Dan's kind of making fun of it a little bit. He's a little condescending. I but felt I think that he way. portrays it pretty honestly. I mean, they do have a parrot named Krishna and they have like, and how many basic white girls have a dog named princess or what I, you know, like, <laughs> True. Why is that yeah, you're right. something to hold against them? Because they have a parrot. And I love their beautiful art. I love their um, stained glass windows in their temple. Like, there's a lot of beautiful things. I've yeah. never had kombucha. It just sounds terrible to me. Like, it's fizzy and it's vinegary and... It's, have you had it? It's okay. Oh, you've tried it? Yeah. They sell it at the store. Okay. I haven't tried it. I'm not a big tea person. Like yeah, I like tea. I like sweet tea, like McAllisters, but not green tea. I don't go out of my way to like drink tea like that. That's we're like not a that evolved yet, acquired Casey. taste. Like we're not there yet where we're detoxing and having green tea all the time. Maybe I need to do kombucha. that. Kombucha. Maybe we need to go gluten free. It's time. No. Doing it. We're going gluten free. I'm already and like we're only eating clean lactose free like that's the most free i want to be from foods because <laughs> you love a cheeseburger damn it i love all things all right did we um give enough of a convoluted answer there on whether i think we know it's not it doesn't seem culty at it doesn't point. matter it's your conclusion and my conclusion and that's the conclusion and we separately came to that conclusion because i was like here read all this stuff tell me what you think right we didn't do much my verdict is Going back to my jury duty. Mm -hmm. Yes, Casey, you are a professional. Is a non-cult is happening here. Just like a religious slash spiritual gathering of like-minded people. He did say in one of the interviews, I'd like to have one of these in every city. So what? There's Walmart in every city. All right, yeah. There's yeah, a been. church. Yeah. There's a Christian yeah, right. church. There's a Catholic church. Hmm. There's hmm. pet supplies store. Like, so for now, I'm going to rest assured that my teen heartthrob is not a, like a bad cult leader. Cause I don't that was think he's probably in no discredit to him, but I just don't think he's savvy enough. That's probably why his acting career fizzled out. And that's a good thing. He's genuine. Good job, Andrew. Yeah. Maybe that's what his We're struggle is because he didn't want to sell out anymore. I also would really like to go to Venice at some point. They have a lot of cool art there. Venice Beach? Yeah, or Venice, Venice Beach. Well, both, but Venice Beach, California. Uh-huh. It looks pretty awesome. I'd love to get a pair of rollerblades on and just kind of like go for it. Lots of people rollerblade there. <laughs> All right, we'll do that. <laughs> okay, on we'll that note, Casey, do you think that we should wrap it up? Thanks for listening, everybody. It means a lot. If you could please like, rate, share, and subscribe and do all of that cool stuff for podcast things, that would be great. Can I jump in? 
I am so excited about all of our international listeners and, of course, our United States listeners and our um, North America listeners. Alaska, where are you? No one from Alaska has listened. Not a lot of people, people there. Up there. But thank you so much, everybody. That, like, means so, so, so much to us. And if you could tell a friend and, like, try to, like, spread the podcast, Casey and I would like to do a lot more with it. Um, can't do that until we not work as much in our real job. So, tell a friend. And with that, bye, y'all. I want to be